Mmm, that's good. And that is the sound of a new episode of Digital Coffee. I'm your host, Brett Dicer. We're going to have some tech news, some, well, some good things, some bad things, and some why did that even happen. But anyways, let's get on with it. All right, so Vimeo uh, is making some apps for TVs. That's right, TVOS, Android TV, and the Samsung Tizen-powered TVs. They are building it all for their, for them, for their and them. Whichever one you prefer, whichever pronoun you prefer, because, hey, it's 2016, almost 17. But uh, what it is is that for Android TV, it's going to be a little bare bones, and they're eventually going to bring out more uh, features for it. The Apple TV is going to have a lot of features. It's going to be a little bit more robust. And the Samsung line is going to have a HTML5 app. So it's going to be the first web app uh Vimeo's ever done. So that should be interesting to see how that's all gonna play out. Plus it could be more views and better views for all the great independent developers and creators out there on Vimeo because there's pretty good videos on there. Not gonna lie, not gonna lie, you guys do a good job. But yes, it is happening, it is coming out, or it is out, but the Android TV one, just wait a while for the features to come because the features aren't really there yet. It's unfortunate. I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm weeping a little bit too. Uh, but anyways, moving on to Nokia. Now, Nokia is launching an interesting, reasonably affordable phone. That's right. It's going to cost you about $26. I know you can get that phone if you want to. Um, now, it's not going to be a smartphone whatsoever. It's going to be more of a feature phone. And it's going to have a 2.4-inch screen. It's going to have built-in FM radio, so you can listen to radio on your phone, an MP3 player, and a VGA camera, which is basically worse than what you could get on a smartphone. But that's not the point, because the point is that it's cheap and you can get it. But um, it, this is really just in a way for Nokia to get its foot back into the door because it kind of lost its luster for years to come, but I mean, the good thing is you have you can have up to 32 gigs of micro SD card support, uh, so that's pretty good uh, for your listening needs for music. And it's also going to have a Bluetooth 3.0 as well. Uh, it's going to weigh about 81 grams, which is pretty light. It's not actually, it's not bad. Um, so like I said, if you're looking for a phone that isn't a smartphone and that... Uh, can, you know, do the things that you want it to do, I think this is the phone just for you. If you're looking for the latest and greatest smartphone, this definitely isn't for you, and wait a little while for Nokia to come out with that, because, you know, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little bit, but they are building smartphones as well. All right, so, um, yeah, Yahoo came out with another report saying that a billion counts were breached. So there's not been another breach from Yahoo as well. That's to add with the 500 million uh, email accounts too. So it's kind of like a different breach. Um, but I mean, this is this is not looking good. It's almost like Yahoo is basically telling me to never use their services again because they can't even protect their own users from wild abuse like this. I mean, seriously, can you not protect your own users? Uh, I don't know. I. I'm kind of wondering and I'm kind of doubting if 
Yahoo could ever really recover from this because this has been pretty bad. Now, if you still are using it for business, I would probably jump over to Gmail or uh, Outlook instead, uh, or you can use their, their authentication service. I don't know why I can't get that out. If you're still feeling lucky that it's actually going to do very well. I'm more on the fence of I'm done with Yahoo's email, even though it really was a dumping account anyways, but I did have some... Some of them, uh, some of the emails I got was for some of the accounts tied to it was from like gaming and other stuff. So I'm slowly moving over from there so nothing can happen to that ever, ever again because I don't want it to happen ever again. I did not approve of this and congratulations Yahoo. You just told a whole bunch of your customers that you don't want their business. Like 1,500,000,000 customers are now going to never use your business because of this. Why, Yahoo? Why did you keep on doing this? This was probably the one of the worst things it can do. Now, they said that the, this was the same state-sponsored actor believed to be responsible for the previous incident as well. So it looks like they're just basically negligent on their security, which is pretty dumb, but they got a whole bunch of... Um, whole bunch of information, including encrypted and unencrypted security questions and answers. Uh, plain text passwords, payment card data, and bank accounts were not compromised. So thank God at least those weren't not. But everything else from your telephone number to data burst to hashed passwords using MD5 and email addresses were taken. So luckily you don't have to check your credit card, but seriously, like I said before, Yahoo! You are telling me that you don't want my business because of this. You're telling me that you cannot protect my information, so there's no reason why I should be doing this whatsoever. Moving on to a little bit better news, Microsoft Edge will soon stop load, or stop loading, I should say, to be a little more grammatically correct, Flash uh, whenever it's possible. That's right, soon uh, Windows 10, and that's because Edge is only on Windows 10, is gonna either stop loading Flash altogether or slowly load it, but it's gonna, but just like everything else, it's eventually gonna go over to HTML5, which everything could because it's it's a lot better. HTML5 is has better security, it's a lot faster, more energy efficient, and this is finally the death keel for Flash because Flash does need to die. Even Adobe abandons Flash and doesn't really update it that much anymore because no one wants to use it because there's so many problems with it and so many security vulnerabilities with it that it's time for it to just die. And I'm glad that Adobe has banned it and everybody else is starting to abandon it as well. So if you are still using Flash, once again, I've probably said this three times, four times in different episodes, please stop. Please stop using Flash. Just use HTML5, use something else, but please stop using Flash. It's not good. It's not good for you. All right, moving on to Twitter news. So Twitter is, well, it's allowing you to start live streams from Periscope in the Twitter app. That's right. So it looks like Periscope has not really been doing well on the app charts and hasn't really been you know, gaining traction. And this is just a likely evolution for it to actually just kind of bridge the gap into Twitter itself because Twitter is the main hub anyways for this. So this is a likely gradual step for it. Um, now, they still have a standalone app, so you can still use that as well, obviously, but Twitter 
uh, is trying to beef up Periscope because that is the future. Live streaming, especially for Twitter, is the future for them. That's what they're betting everything on. So this is only a matter of time this is going to happen. Uh, I've seen it for a little while, though. They're going live. It's basically what you do is when you tweet, you just go to the little camera thing, and it has three buttons, about four different buttons, camera, video, live, and then kind of your um, gallery as well, and then a whole slew of other pictures. So like I said before, uh, it's good to see that Twitter is, you know, trying to bridge the gap between all of their apps. Unfortunately for Vine, they were the casualty, but it's good to see that it's coming along that way. And this has been a likely evolution. It probably should have happened a while ago, but unfortunately, Twitter's slow on a lot of things, and this is one of them that they're really slow on. They're really slow on updates, to be honest with you. They always are testing things out, but that's the only thing they're actually doing. All right, on Instagram, uh, now, if you've noticed that there was a little interesting little, um, like, bookmark button that's kind of propped up. Well, what it does is allows you to save anybody's pictures in your private collection. That's right. If you find an amazing picture that you really like, you can now save it. It's kind of like the save for Facebook, but for Instagram instead, because they're both owned by the same company. So if you're wondering what the hell that was, and I understand this is what it is, you can now save it on your own private gallery and be like, ooh, I like this one. I want to see it over and over and over and over again. If you do that, if you don't, that's perfectly fine. You don't have to actually do that whatsoever. But yes, Instagram is finally following Facebook's um, uh, lead, I guess you could say is a better word for it, because they also have finally been rolling out live video. That's right. I uh, finally saw it on my phone that uh, live video is now live for most people in the U.S. It's a slow rollout, so you haven't gotten it yet. Uh, either update your app or just wait a little while. You're eventually going to get it. But it's going to be like like Instagram stories, you know, play on the top and it's going to say live instead of just having a little circle. Uh, it's not going to be saved indefinitely, so it should be interesting to see if this can take a little bit away from Facebook and if it's actually going to take a lot away from Periscope and Snapchat and others as well. Uh, I still prefer Facebook Live or Periscope because you can do, you can use better cameras or webcams for it, but as people have asked me, always go where your followers are. So if you have more followers engaging you on Instagram, then use that instead of well, Periscope because there's no point in trying to rebuild something when you already have it built in another spot. All right, Snapchat has introduced group chats. That's right, you can now talk to up to 16 people as a slew of creative tools as well. But the interesting thing is, is now that you can just group people together and have different chats with all these groups, and this is kind of just taking a little chunk out of um, WhatsApp in general. Uh, so it should be interesting to see how well users are going to be using this and if it's actually going to take off. It probably will because it's Snapchat and a lot of things to do. kind of takes off and, well, at least this time, Facebook will not be taking group chats from it because <laughs> they already have it. Oh, finally, there is going to be a thing that's like, oh, Facebook's going to be taking group chats away from Snapchat. No, no, they already have that. But I always find it funny that when Snapchat uh, has something, Facebook eventually just lifts it. It's not even like a different spin on it. It's just, oh, we want this, so we're just going to do exactly what you're doing. That's why I've always laughed about Facebook, and I think Facebook has kind of lost its innovation because it's letting 
Snapchat innovate and then it's just kind of refining it, which sometimes is the better option of doing it, but I still laugh really hard about it because it's funny. I mean, it's always funny. All right. So oh, about a couple years ago, about a year or two ago, uh, Ashley Madison got hacked and it was a pretty bad hack because, well, it was basically the worst security I've ever seen. That's what it was. Uh, well, now they've finally settled with the FTC on basically gross negligence because it technically was a gross negligence and it's going to have to uh, pay $17.5 million in settlement uh, as a result of a multi-state investigation. Uh, so it's not only the hacks, but it's also just the alleged um, kind of lying that they've done, saying that they have all these women or men on the site and it's basically a lot of bots on there instead. So they're not really telling uh, people the truth about their own site and that it's actually really a bunch of bots pretending to be people instead. And so that was another problem. But yes, they're facing a huge settlement and they uh, they probably had to settle it because, well, um, they were liable. Everything they did was liable. They were liable. I don't care if you like or dislike Ashley Madison. They were completely liable on this. And they do kind of do deserve uh, punitive damages because I think there's a lot of punitive damages in this one as well. I'm not uh, clear on that one or it's not really specific. Specific, blah. But I do know that this this was a long time coming. I mean, if you didn't see this coming, uh, you probably were under a rock the whole time. And that rock might have been actually really fun for you. But yeah, that's what it was. All right, Facebook looks like it's going to be exploring some uh, original video content. That's right. It's wanting to actually use more of its own video uh, platform, not with just other publishers and users updating it, but it also wants to be the place to, you know, go watch really great content on there. Besides what uh, everybody else is making, they want to do it as well. So they want you on Facebook more often because this is the whole point of it. So it should be interesting to see if they're going to be more like a, MTV for the new age or more for like a Netflix or a Hulu or something more like that along the way, which could uh, scratch or make uh, Netflix, Amazon and Hulu kind of perk up going, er, what's going on there? Uh, but this wouldn't be a surprise because Facebook's trying to get into every little thing it can. Oddly enough, it, it, that's just what it is. Am, am I really looking forward to it? No, not really. Kind of think it's a little lame. I think Facebook needs to stop being on everything, but they're not going to stop. They're going to they're going to keep on going down that rabbit hole until eventually no one really wants to do anything anymore. Yeah, until people are like, okay, I'm done with Facebook. You've been doing this to me the whole time. I don't like it. Go away, Facebook. Go away. Go away. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they actually do this or they're kind of not going to do this anymore. You never really know. To be honest with you, with all that stuff. All right, well, Evernote, no Evernote. You've done some interesting, questionable things throughout the year. One was kind of like not having unlimited ways of connecting my account, even if it's my free account. You limited that, I was fine with that. You uh, kind of upped some of the prices, I was fine with that. Now, this is the one where I'm kind of perking up my eyes, ears, and everything else. Why in the heck are you allowing your employees to read people's notes? People don't want that. That's the one thing that they don't want people to read is your notes. I get that you're having machine, machine learning algorithms inside of it to make it better for people, but people do get a little um, um, questioning about 
privacy policies when you have it like, oh, we're going to have some of our employees read your notes, but we don't trust your employees because we don't know your employees. That's the problem with it. I get that you want to give like the best service for your users, but you also think that your users may not want this. They may want to opt out and you won't allow them to opt out at all. You might want them to opt out on some things. But what's going to happen is that people are going to be like, well, I guess I'm going to go to uh, Google Keep or OneNote or uh, anything else that's out there that does note-taking things. Bear, I mean, there's a whole bunch of them out there. So Evernote, you may have been like the de facto of note-taking for quite a while, but there's other competitors, and you got to be really careful about what you do. And this privacy policy is not going to look good for you. This is actually the biggest PR nightmare I've seen lately. I mean, besides the Yahoo thing, which is pretty big, this is the most recent because Yahoo was 2013. They just eventually said something about it this this year. But for the most recent thing to happen, this is a this is a pretty big PR nightmare that shouldn't have actually ever happened. So um, I would expect Evernote to kind of see a dip in their user base because of this. But the new privacy policy isn't going to hit until January 23rd, so you have some time to you know convert over if need be. But yeah, having your employees read people's notes is not a good thing. I mean, sometimes people just want it to be private, so they're probably going to move. All right, well, moving on to Disquest, uh, D-I-U-Q-S. I use it. I just don't know how to say it. It happens. Uh, but what they're going to be doing is they laid off or going to be laying off about 11 of their employees. Now, they're not the biggest company because that's about 20% of their workforce, what is interesting is they're going to be focusing more on the business and the deeper uh, deeper side of data or going to be have a deeper focus in data. It's probably the better way of saying this. Uh, but they're going to be more focusing on ads and more on the business side of it because uh, that's probably where they're going to get the most money because they did try more of a Reddit-style thing, but it's not really working for them. So they're kind of... They're basically pivoting to more business focus and more of a... Because, I mean... The platform itself is to put it on your blog, so you have that type of type of of a, of a commenting system, instead of going to their site. So, this is probably a better focus for them of doing ads and placing ads and doing um, added content through there instead of actually going, "Hey, go to our site and comment through there," because I don't think people really want to do that, to be honest with you. Uh, so, I think this is a better way of doing it, and this is a better focus, and it probably will make it more po- profitable. Uh, in the years to come. Uh, now, Live Fire, which is owned by Adobe now, has uh, pivoted that way as too. So this is not the biggest, oh my gosh, never saw this coming. This is kind of just, yeah, this, this was going to happen. It was, it was event. It was going to happen because they're trying to get profitable. They're trying to actually make money, and this is the best way of doing it. So not a big deal there. All right, all right. Uh, Google is, uh, well, it's launching its first developer preview for Android Things. Now, this is its new uh, Internet of Things platform, which basically means smartwatches, refrigerators, TVs, thermostats, etc. Now, I was hoping to read more about the focus on security, but there's not much on that. Um, so that's an, another interesting uh, part about it, too. Uh, so uh, I wish... I wish they would talk more about security because that's the biggest that's the biggest problem in Internet of Things right now. There is no security. You can usually hack a Nest in under six seconds. You can hack a smart TV, and the smart TV does can't tell if you're six feet away or six thousand miles away. 
Uh, so I really wish there was a focus actually on security, not just the convenience of it. But it's good to see that Google is finally taking a hint of basically bringing all their Internet of Things initiatives into one roof and not having um, not really having much of a uh, of a cohesive plan together. So it's a good thing to see them actually having a cohesive plan because this is what happened with their so it's what's happening with their messenger type of thing. They have Duo, they have Allo, they have Hangouts, they have Messenger. I mean, seriously, pick one. I, I like how they're just kind of like focusing in. So like Android Wear, Android Weave, Nest Weave, which came out of it, Brillo as well, is all coming into one roof because that's what it needs to do. It needs to focus and have a unified brand because if it doesn't, people are gonna get confused and we don't like to be confused. Like why is the Android Wear and this and all this? Why, why, why is there so many of these? Yeah, one is gonna be great. I'm glad they focus on it. Hopefully they're not going to like then spin off into five other things like sometimes they do. But if you're interested, I would look at the developer preview if you're one of those developers looking in on it. All right. So I'm a native Californian, and sometimes I just don't understand my own stupid state. So California has approved its first U.S. energy efficiency standards for computers. And this is basically how it is, is that it wants to make sure that uh, computers are running efficiently and not using as much power, which in in thought and in theory is great because it's they want to reduce uh, power draw off by about 30% by 2019, and then 50% by 2021. Um, the problem is, is that the math doesn't make sense. Now they're saying about carbon emissions and carbon uh, pollution, which is fine, like protect the environment. I have n no qualms about that. The problem is they go, well, if we do this, we're gonna, it's gonna add. So basically what it is, is that this is gonna add more money or more added cost uh, up front, so it's gonna be added another $14 already to computers, and computers aren't that cheap, they said, but consumers should save about $40 over five years. Are, are you serious? That's like $8 for five years. So yay, I mean, that's not that much. I don't really understand why they keep on going, oh, look at the math, it's so somewhat good. So after five years, you can eventually save money, or save all your money, but so basically, it's like about eight bucks um, per year. So you'll finally get the money back that you that you've the upfront cost of fourteen dollars in about a year and a half, and then you'll be say and then you'll be getting more money back from it because of the energy consumption. And I get it. California is well has the rolling blackouts. Well, that's because it was the government's the local government's fault for that. But my problem is, is that they keep on going, well, look, you're gonna, if you don't do the math, it actually looks really good, but it's in reality, it doesn't. Now, all the tech companies are on board with this, saying it's so groundbreaking, and I'm like, tech companies, you could have actually done this yourself if you really wanted to, but you didn't. You didn't at all. You could have eventually and slowly down the road made this more energy efficient, but you didn't. And you kind of had to have the, the, the board for whatever California has, because they have so many different agencies I don't even know anymore, to actually do this. Now, the bigger impact is that this is actually going to have a ripple effect because California is so large and has such a dense population in about four of its different cities, LA, uh, San Francisco, and San Diego, I would say about the three biggest cities. 
Uh, so you could see this actually impacting all of the United States if this actually goes in effect and if it actually works because almost all the tech companies are in California too. So, so be sure to look at the price tag because you're going to see a bump in the price tag soon or eventually. It's, it's everything, all the costs offsets and goes to the consumer and so the price is going to rise. I understand why they're doing this. I just don't know why the math is, oh, you're saving not that much money up front. You're, you're kind of paying it through the pocket a little bit more. Like I said, to be honest with you, just let innovation happen because it's going to happen. When you legislate legisl uh, innovation, it doesn't work quite well. Look at the green energy market. It's not doing very well because everyone's like, look, let's give money to these companies. And then they bankrupt. And then we're just like, awesome. We could have just left this to their own devices and had innovation without your meddling. Because every government program that happens always fails. That's the one that's and one of the four constants. People suck because it is. I mean, we all suck every once in a while. Uh, death, taxes, and... Um, Government programs sucking or always always going badly. I mean, seriously, that is one of the constant. When a government tries to do a program, it fails. I don't know why. You're going to be like, well, what about Social Security? No, that's failing. I'm not going to see any money from that. Um, Medicare, that's a failure. Uh, Affordable Health Care Act, well, it's depending on who you talk to, it could be great or a failure. I'm more inclined to say a failure because of the rising cost of it, but that's more of my analytical mind. Um, but enough about politics. I just, it just shakes my head. I'm like, wow, this doesn't make any good sense whatsoever. And I'm always leery when all these like commissions go, oh, you're going to save this much money. Because I'm like, you said that about uh, Affordable Health Care Act. And that did really go according to plan, did it? So I'm not really sure if we're really going to save $40 over um five years it could be less it could be more you never really know but they're assuming that this could happen it's still still not enough for me to go Ooh, that's so good it's kind of like yeah that's all right anyways the biggest announcement this week was that amd finally unveiled the zen or the ryzen because they kind of they changed the name of it it still has the zen in there but it's the ryzen and so Basically, the biggest deal is that it looks like AMD is back in being competitive form with Intel, which is a really great thing for consumers. The reason why it's a really great thing is because you have options. It's not going to be like, man, I could go for AMD, but they're not that good, or I can go for Intel and pay up the butt because they're really expensive and pretty good at the same time. I love Intel, by the way. It's, it, I'm not saying that they have, make terrible chips. It's just... I like options, and there's really only two options, to be honest with you. There's either AMD or Intel. There's nobody else anymore in the CPU market. It's just them two. So if one fails, it's just bad for all of us. But the great thing is, is that it looks like this one can actually, or the Zen chips or the Ryzen chips, can actually uh, be on par with Intel, so and be very competitive. Now, if the price is where it should be below a significant portion and you get really good output on it, you're going to see a really big uptick, kind of like the RX 400 series. It wasn't the biggest uh, or the most or the fastest card, the best card, but it was a good budget card for the price point, And that's what made AMD 
really stand out this uh, this year. So next year, we could see a resurgence in their CPUs, and it will work well with NVIDIA and their own cards as well, which is another great thing because they need to not be, well, um, favoring their own cards because people are going to mix and match. And if you're really going to go after the gaming market, which is one of their uh, markets they're going to go after, you have to be, you have to have your chips play nice with NVIDIA. If it doesn't, people are going to be upset. going to be like, why do I buy this? Might as well just go with Intel and pay more, but at least it works. So that's one thing. The other thing they're going to go after, because PC uh, market is going to be one of them they're going to go after. Also, VR is another one. Um, servers and notebooks, because notebooks are still a popular thing. People like to have, be portable. And servers, because, well, it's just... The better way of driving businesses need servers, and servers take up a lot of space. And with the right chip, it can be very uh, cost efficient as well. So this is another one. So if all those three chips that come out, because it's first going to come out with uh, Summit Ridge, which is more the desktop um, market, which is going to have eight cores, 16 threads, 3.4 gigahertz, uh, and sensing and adaptive technology, which basically means is that um, it's going to kind of help uh, push the performance without overheating too much, and it's going to just know when to go up and when to not, and have be very energy efficient at the same time too. Uh, so there's that as well. So all in all, I think this is great. I'm glad they're going to have partners signed up as well. Um, this is just good all around. It's good all around. I mean, the CPU I'm really excited for. So they're gonna. So basically, they're gonna have. Um, if you want to know, the, the it's the Sense M M I, which is gonna have precision boost, power boost, uh, which is gonna basically going to. And I'll read the little notes that they give. Um, it's gonna fine uh, fine grain frequency control. It works in tandem with pure power control loop to optimize performance on the fly clock adjustment without halts or cue drains in high precision shooting with 25 megahertz of increments. And then the power boost is gonna be using energy wisely. So monitors temperature, speed and voltage and adaptive control manages real time for lower power usage and closed loop control with infinity fabric, which is one of their proprietary things. But um, the only thing we don't know yet is the price uh, because they don't really wanna give away everything because if they give away everything, then Intel knows a lot of that stuff. So we don't really know the price point, but I'm hoping it's going to be at least $50 cheaper than Intel. It could be a little bit less than that, but I'm hoping to reach that. Um, but I say, hey, welcome back, AMD. It's good to see you, you know, hitting that stride and actually becoming becoming competitive again. Uh, you still have a little ways to go with uh, NVIDIA and actually having like pure, uh, really like powerhouse graphics cards, but your budget ones are a great steal as well. So it should be interesting to see how well, when the chips come out in the wild, how well it actually does, because we're all seeing this through AMD and they're, obviously they're gonna have give you the, the best stats because that's what companies do. They don't go, oh, our, our chips suck. They, they never do that. All right, moving on to apps and programs you should try out this week. So there's something called WeFlock, which basically a way, a way for you to, um, get uh, trips from and get great trips but tips as well for your trip uh, on your flight and you know um, kind of have the information and all that stuff ready for you on the fly so you're not like you know 
trying to like get all your stuff and be like, ah, what's going on? So what this app will do is kind of give you, uh, see who's on your flights. If you want to talk to them, you can join the conversation. It'll also give you the weather, discover the best deals as well. Um, so it's, it's not really a bad thing to actually not do, but you can also get the weather it is in the countries you're going to go to as well. So you're not like, oh, it's raining and I have no jacket. It's the worst. Also, Igmir, uh 5.0 is out. So now you can find the best images that have gone viral anywhere. It's also available for iOS and Android. So check that out. Also, the stocks, which is a great, um, great site to find stock photos from all the major sites, from Pixababy to Graphic Stock to Stocky to Unsplash to Free Range, Little Visuals, New Old Stock, Visual Hunt, Super Famous, Startup Stock, and many, many others. So if you're one of those people that needs to find stock photos quickly and efficiently, this is the best place for you to go. It's called The Stocks, so check it out. And that is the end of Digital Coffee. Thank you for tuning in. And yes, it's all it's all gone. My my coffee cup is all running dry. Yes, I was drinking while I was talking. Hmm, am I lying? Yeah, I actually am. But anyways, thank you for tuning in. Uh, be sure to subscribe to Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and follow Digital Coffee on Twitter, uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Google, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Player.me, uh, Anchor Radio. I'm on all of those. And as always, um, if you like these podcasts, please consider subscribing or supporting me on Patreon and Podbean. And if you like if you like this podcast and you also want to support me in another way, you can buy T-shirts and coffee mugs through the Digital Coffee Podcast Store. Yeah, there's a store there. We've got some great stuff, and they're pretty they're pretty they're not expensive. I try to have competitive price points for you guys, so you're not like breaking the bank because I understand that part. So there's that. Also, be sure to Tune in on Friday when I talk about gaming news and Gamers Cafe. It should be interesting. I'm going to go through some of the Battlefield 1 updates of the new map. I'm going to go through the Overwatch update. And a little bit, hopefully I'll have some time to play the Space Hulk, which just came out today, actually. But yes, guys, have a great Thursday, and see you Friday. Later. Bye.